Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Episode 53. Hello, Dingleheads and Dongleheads. Dingles and Dongles are our buddies. Yep, that's our fan base, the Dingle Dongles. The Dingle Dongles? Yep, they have a patch. The Dingle Dongle Army. <laughs> the dingle, is it just two loose uh, dingleberries just hanging in the wind? Uh, you, you, it's actually not even a patch now that I think about it. It is. It is something you attach to a belt on the back of your pants. <laughs> so you have some fuzzy dingleberries. It's like um, those uh, those fox or horse tails that uh, people yes have fun with. Yes, but but uh, dingleberries. dingleberries. <laughs> <laughs> we read. Warhammer 40k, Sisters of Battle. Yes, we did. I almost said Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> Not intentionally, but it took me a second to rewire my brain. Right, you're, you're getting back from my work mode. Yes. Um, Marvel, I think I already said that. Crap. Who wrote Tron Grombach? Yeah, it's like a European name. I don't I, know. I presume region. it's a male dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> it's Torn. a Middle Earth name. Yes. Torin Grombach. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I don't have anything written down. Son of uh, Boren Grombach. <laughs> <laughs> long, long history of, of groaning in that family. Yes. So uh, the surname just morphed into what it is. Gro- Grombach. So, so they just have really bad backs. <laughs> They've outgrown them almost, so they're hunched. <laughs> Is that... Uh, That's not a dwarf at all. I don't know no. where we're going with this. Nope. I fucking loved the book. It's fun. That's been... This is Warhammer 40k book two that we've read. Mm-hmm. I like this one more than Marnius whatever. Calgar? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think overall I, I did enjoy this story a little more because uh, it... It strayed a little further from the origin story. Yeah, I was about and, to. Say, yeah. There was a, a nuance within the story too. Mm-hmm. It, I assume, I don't know. It took me about three issues to tie it together, but the chaos corruption is Slanesh. Yes, that's my, my guess. assumption. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was for a second. I thought it was Zinch. Because it was blue and there was like a birdish looking thingy. Right. Yeah. But then they started talking about pleasure and joy. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, mm, yeah, it sounds about like Slanesh. Yes. <laughs> but that that's that's well, we started at the end of the book almost. Like, You're well, welcome. Not really. I don't know. I mean, it's it's not. It they never define it. Yeah, and it's, it's littered like, throughout. Mm-hmm. But ultimately. Uh, Inquisitor dude sends an acolyte to this mining colony. Right. To do some secret Inquisitor bullshit. So, quick side note. Why do Inquisitors wear pilgrim hats? Because they all live, 
or originated from Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah? Yes. You think they all have Boston accents? There's a direct <laughs> lineage in the year 40,000 <laughs> going back to Boston's uh, Plymouth Rock. It's like, uh, so they got the Mars Technomancers, right? <laughs> and then the Boston Inquisitors. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's exactly what it is. And it's on paper, so we can make up whatever accent we want. Uh, I wish yes. I could remember a line that that the Inquisitor said. Right. Um, uh, what? It's not even Boston. All I can think of is, uh, "Hey, I'm walking here." <laughs> hey, I'm walking here. That's not this Boston. Is Boston at all. Park the car. Oh yeah. Park the car park in the, the car. car park. Did you go to Harvard? <laughs> That's all we've got. Yep. <laughs> and there was a great molasses incident. Yes. Yes. I think we talked about it before, and it's it's about on cadence whenever that comes up. <laughs> but this dude sent other dude down there, and then now the sisters of um, Mercy. God damn it! I almost <laughs> said it. Um, what are they called? Battle. Yeah. A small regiment goes to extract because there's an uprising happening in right. this. In this, for all intents and purposes, fuel colony. Mm-hmm. It's barren and useless planet, except for it has rich minerals that they can refine into right. fuel to fuel the fucking army, mm-hmm. the armadas and whatever. Right, like the literally the surface of the planet is barren. Yeah, and everything is just underground. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so on that note. One thing that you know, it kind of sort of irked me was how similar it did seem to the first story. As far as the individual originating from the same place that they're going back to? Yeah. 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 And <laughs> everything's underground, and then there's a cult. Underground. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay... So, so it, it almost felt felt like uh, Marnia's was like a, a blueprint, and this is the actual thing they were trying to shoot for. Right, and, and there's there in both instances there was a warp rift, mm-hmm. right, where chaos came through. Right. So that's and demons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess the the first one where we had uh, corn on a cob. <laughs> We had Corn, the blood yeah. god, and now we got Slanesh. So I'm I'm really hoping the series like people are enjoying these books when we finally get fucking Nurgle. Right. Grandpa Nurgle. Well, it so this book was also both of these forty K books are great. Read them both. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um They're both from the perspective of of the Empire of Man. Right. right? When when comes different perspective. Ah. Even within well, my understanding, most outside of playing the game, most perspectives come from the Imperium in some right. in some fashion in in one of their little camps. Mm-hmm. So hopefully when Nurgle comes or the Necrons or whatever I don't know how you do with the Necrons. That's I don't think they could be the perspective. But anyway, like, why not have Granddaddy Nurgle perspective? Yeah, I mean... I guess you need iconic 
figures that aren't like the head honchos, right? Right. But I mean, if you want to take a chaos perspective, you have the, you know, Horus. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah, and you know, he's he's a prominent uh, ex space marine that defected. Yep. And I, I personally, I would uh, welcome a Horus story. Yeah. Let's not have to read nine books or whatever, nine novels. And just get comic books. Yeah. Do it quick and short. <laughs> exactly. One thing that I, going back to Sisters of Battle, I I really liked that the, I forget what their title was, but the leader lady of this squadron. Oh, yeah. Uh, Canary, Cannon. Cassia? Cassie, whatever. Oh, oh. Uh, the title? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's. Doesn't, Shit. doesn't matter. Yeah. Leader lady of the squadron actually on ground. Mm-hmm. Her armor had a skull where her boobies are. Yeah. Like, it was a just two skulls where boobies are. And I really appreciated that. <laughs> but the thing is, they, they don't go for the, the whole, like, ooh, sexy lady thing, right? No. It's actual armor. Yeah. Like, legit power armor. Yeah. Like, they're covered up. Yeah. Nothing's getting through there. I don't know why there's skulls on boobies, but I think... you got to oh, have a little that's, sexy. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I To that point, though, I like the little... Each issue had a, we'll call an info page mm-hmm. of various whatevers. Mostly folks around the sisters, and so you get a better understanding of their backstory. Mm-hmm. It was an info dump. The other right. one had an info dump. But well, this one had an info dump on their power armor. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really neat. And it kind of gave meaning to each little, not each, but a lot of the little nuances in it. Mm-hmm. And also that some of these people fall from grace and lose their armor and then go out and fight without armor to redeem themselves. So you got that info bit. And then, like, I'm fairly confident that was. Um, I'm not fairly confident. It was either book two or three where you had that info. But then at the last book, you actually saw these armorless warriors fighting. Right. I was like, oh, it's it's a... Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool. And actually, that was probably one of my favorite moments, like, in the book. Um, Because you get this uh, backstory about, like, this prior mission that kind of went sideways, right? I mean, like, the sisters survived, but uh, the leader at the time, she was disgraced. Yeah. And she shows up at the end of the book, no armor at all, just a big old chainsaw. Yep. That shit fucking <laughs> And praying and redeeming, or trying to redeem. Right? right. I like that they, I don't like it, but it was interesting that they had people just praying constantly. Like, mm-hmm. massive battle happening, and there's people just yelling, praying. It's like, oh, that's fucking men. <laughs> I will never play them. Yeah. Like, ever. Right. I like, no, I have all these other options. This mm. is fucking stupid. But in the the, the, the 40K universe, it's great. It, right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Cause, yeah, because 40K is all about just being absurd. Yeah. <laughs> Over the top. And it's... Oh, man. I fucking love it so much. Yeah. It's just the, the complete blind devotion to basically a dead guy. Yeah. Pretty much. A dead guy that they just sat in a golden, like, throne. He's a he's a vegetable. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I guess one thing I don't understand. I'm kind of like, 
I go back and forth on it. It's like, is he really a vegetable? Is he actually fighting a psychic war against, like, the warp? Could be. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> me being me, it's just, as you said, some jackass that they put on this golden throne and put plugs in. Right. It's like, oh, still alive. <laughs> God Emperor. Let's... He told me to do this, yeah. so you better do it. <laughs> exactly. So, but who who really knows? Right. Not Games Workshop. No. <laughs> and I don't think they really care. No. It doesn't even fucking matter. Nope. It's, it's the imagery. It's the idea. Yeah. One thing that I really enjoyed in this book, and it's ridiculous, was the... The woman who we assume is the main villain of the story, I guess you could say, that was hiding down in the deep layers underground. Mm, purple lady. Purple lady. She basically had some guy beg for forgiveness for fucking up a task and essentially turned him into a chair. <laughs> yep. And then later on in the story, there's a panel... Where there's several people, like, on all fours in chair form, holding up a table. Yep. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> that, that's so... <laughs> that, to me, is very slaneshy. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very decadent. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was a neat little... Because it's, it's essentially a buffet table of food, right? right. Like, yeah. excess. Mm-hmm. Down in the pits where there isn't excess, and people are holding it up by being on all fours. Right. And just <laughs> it's ridiculous. Because everywhere else, like they struggle for water mm-hmm. and like. And that's how the food problem started. Yeah. There's no fucking water. Yep. Until they found uh, water, which was uh, tainted by Slanesh. Um, yeah, a relic. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, we found water, yay! And then. Like, oh, tainted water. The idiots, I forget who it was, decided to resolve the issue of the corruption from this relic by just chucking it in water underground. <laughs> like, granted, they did build like a little temple thing, right. but it was like, what the fuck are you... That's not the move. Right. With all of technology and what you can do in space, you can chuck it in a pool of water. Right. Idiots. <laughs> it's like... Surely there's another thing you could do. I, I mean, I figured at that point, because, because I, what, they, the reason I was in, in the pool is because it was a prior civilization or prior colony, right? I can't recall. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. But at that time, they already had space travel. I, that's my understanding. Right. So, there's a sun in the yeah. solar system, which is a, Launch it there. Right? Uh, yeah, who knows? It Well, it's, you know, uh, blame it on crazy uh, religious fanaticism yes. and lack of logic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to that, there's also purification through fire again. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that in a couple different episodes. But it was great. Yep. It was really awesome. This lady gets trapped down there and then busts open... The fuel, whatever, mm. and the the uprising heretics are like, oh yeah, convert with this corrupted water, 
And then, nope, it's fuel. And <laughs> this isn't water. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, on the drive home, I wanted to open this episode with, we read Warhammer 40K, Sisters of Battle, colon, there's something in the water. <laughs> but then I forgot about it till just now. <laughs> So, uh, edits. I'm not going to do that because <laughs> it's not that funny now that I've said it, especially that I've explained it. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's something in the water. <laughs> there's just a saying that dumb people say. It's like, oh, man, every, everyone's sick. Oh, there must be something in the water. I was like, oh, man, all these people are really tall at this high school. You know, there must be something in the water. This so, <laughs> Warhammer 40K, Sisters of Battle, colon, there's something in the water. That makes it sound like, uh, nope, not gonna go there. <laughs> nah, 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 whatever. <laughs> um, so there's one thing I noticed very early on in the book. Uh, it was on the ship. They were talking about servitors. And I don't know if I just forgot or I just didn't know, but there was a little baby <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. cherub or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So they do they literally just like harvest babies? I don't know. Like I am very curious how how that baby became a cyborg angel thing. Uh, through his holy goodness. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. It was a, it was a uh, god emperor's uh, gift to this baby. He birthed it. <laughs> That's his use. That's why they keep him alive and plugged in. So he can shit out little, little techno babies. <laughs> I don't know what that process was like. Like, do they, like, feed him the parts? No. No? No. 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 He manifests that. Oh. Through... Oh, that's his psychic power. Yeah. Got it. Got it. <laughs> The info dump in uh, in this book seems a lot. What's the right word? Restraint. Because I recall in mornings, this is just like pages, right? right? Yeah. Yep. And I think, like, while I appreciate the, the information that's given, like, when I'm reading a comic book, I don't really want, like, pages nope. and pages. I want succinct stuff. info. Right? Yep. Which uh, they they do very well here. In fact, like the last info dump was more of like a uh, um, a record log thing, right? Yeah, like, that was really fun to yeah. read through. Like seeing like the the spike in production is like, uh, but but uh, a lack of like exports. Yep. It's like what's what's going on here? What's going on? Everybody's working super hard. Why aren't we uh, getting more fuel? Yeah. Well, it they were getting more fuel. They were filling up the tanks, and there was little right. notes. And one of the things when there's a jump in production, one of the hand scrawled notes was first signal uh, signal of of corruption in workforce. And then you see production going up and up and up. And then eventually, management of the refineries was like, "We deserve better," or mm-hmm. some stupid shit. It's like, "Oh, first signal of." Corruption in management, and then uh, it was just a neat little timeline right. of, and, and not the the dates were irrelevant to us. I'm not going to map that out mm-hmm. in my head, 
but just to have a visualization of how this colony devolved, I won't say devolved, was tainted by the corruption. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah. That's a neat little path. Right. That's, like, on top of corruption, like, I think um, this book does a really good job in painting, like, this very gray world of uh, 40K. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when when you're hearing the, uh, the cultists talk about, you know, what they're trying to do, Makes sense. It does. Yeah, it did to me it's too. It's like, yeah. Okay, yeah, we're trying to make lives better for our, our people here. Yep. You know, because obviously you guys up there don't give a shit about us. Which is, you know, with how uh, how the 40k world is, and and you know the the um, order to you know eradicate, you know, because this colony's lost. Right. It's like, yeah, like these dudes. <laughs> granted. Sure, possessed by a demon. But <laughs> that demon's got a point. Yeah. Just put him in. Yeah. Right? Really, yeah. Yeah. Just some of the things they were saying, and I can't have an, ex- I don't have an example in mind, but it's like, yeah, I too want to pursue delicious foods and like relaxation and joy. Yeah, no shit. Right? I would if I were to be corrupted by any of the chaos gods, it's gotta be Slanesh. Oh yeah. Like this just, just come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on. You got skull boobies and steaks, well, like you, you you want like a, a tiny bit of Slanesh? Because full Slanesh is more like a Hellraiser territory. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> beyond, I would even argue. Yeah. Uh yeah, just give me a sliver of Slanesh. <laughs> it's like it's like an uh, order you will have at a, at a steakhouse. Like, I'm going to have a sample of the Slanesh. Yeah. <laughs> Let me give it a taste. It'd be great, yeah. And then just in moderation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like the complete opposite of what <laughs> Slanesh is about. Yeah. But you just want you just want to peek through the curtain. Right. And enjoy that. You don't want to jump into the ocean. No. Yeah. <laughs> There was other stuff, but I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, the little in the info dumps, there was like the quote of the day thing at the bottom, and I noticed this. Yeah, one of the one of them said something along the lines of an idle life is a fuck. Basically, you're a heretic if you lead an idle life. So it's like, oh, yeah. so lazy people are just heretics. I don't know if there are lazy people in the 40K universe. Well, I mean, compared to our world, they probably aren't. Yeah, no. I mean, they're probably lazy <laughs> by their standard. Yeah. There's just no option for laziness unless you're the god emperor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, and that's like, you know, you, you hear about all these working conditions and, uh, you know, the hours that they put in, child labor and all that yep. shit. You learn about all that shit early on, and then you hear the cultists talking about, you know, this new way of life, the way they want to do things. It's like, yeah, you should do that, right? But then, the, of course, they also do a lot of, like, public executions, mm-hmm. which, like, well, I don't know. <laughs> really, like, maybe you shouldn't do that, but yeah. in this, it's not so bad. Right. I mean, it's like a French Revolution-esque yeah. situation, right? Yeah. It's like, um, 
probably shouldn't do that, but, you know, we got to make progress somehow. Yeah. This is the only way to bust through that barrier. Let's, all right, go for it. I'm going to be over here, mm-hmm. but y'all go for it. <laughs> um, oh, oh, one more thing. Okay, so Slanesh Relic is in the pool, right? Yes. Wasn't there a plot point where, like, one of the dudes is like, I know where the, the relic is, and I'm not going to tell you, and, and shit like that, right? Like, the, the acolyte. Yeah. Yeah. But that pool was in Purple Lady's, like, chamber this entire time, so she knew where it was Well, she time, specifically right? dove in the water right. to get it, or go towards it, and then got shot in the head. Right. So why didn't that happen earlier? She knows where it is. Yeah, uh, may Fuck if I know. I don't know why yeah. she was waiting. I, I think she was waiting for the forces to come so she could unleash the demons, but that doesn't make... Like, you could have just had the demons not funneled through a door mm-hmm. already out. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know why they were... Oh, well, shit. Like, just have the demons roaming around up top yeah. on the surface, because nobody's there anyways. Yeah. I don't know why... I don't know. It's It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Like, because, obviously, logic doesn't <laughs> really mesh with the 40K universe. Nope. 100%. They have stained glass windows on battle tanks. Right? So, like, just driving <laughs> it would shatter that. So. Yep. And <laughs> in, in the, uh, the massive, like, cathedral <laughs> spaceships. Yes. What? <laughs> Like, I get there's no, you know, friction in space or minimal friction, but, like, do you need spires? <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? Shit. Now that I, you know, now I, I ask the question, it's like, yes, I do need spires. Just, yeah. I, <laughs> build me a medieval castle, and I will just float that around in space. Right? It's <laughs> <laughs> like a pretty sweet life. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, we listen to Psychroptic. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, band's called Mephistopheles, uh, in reverence of forever. Is that shit? In reverence of shit. Forget, it's their it. latest EP. Yeah, it's their latest EP, uh, released 2021 on Willow Tip. And I mentioned Psychroptic because it sounds a lot like the first two albums. I. It took me about three songs. Of listening, like the first time, about somewhere I can't remember where in song three, it's like, man, this sounds less good than good psychroptic, but better than bad psychroptic. And then I went and looked it up. It's like, oh, it's fucking Matt Chalk. Yep. Like I should have known. Right. I should have fucking known. It's <laughs> like it's I through this EP I learned what I liked about psychroptic was Matt Chalk. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> uh, that's a big selling point yeah. and a big reason why I like it, too. They, We're not talking about Psychroptic. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> it's just like, he's got, and I think we've talked about this in the past, like just crazy range yes. for a death metal vocalist. Yes. Like the, the sounds that he's able to produce. It's fucking insane. It's like, you know those little toddler toys that are... Oh, yeah, you the, the wind, farm animal? Yeah, it's things? a farm animal, and you just wind it, and then, 
like pull a string or something and it yeah. spins and then it stops and says, this is a sound a cow makes. A cow says moo. This is a cow or this is a cow and chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's just Matt Shock is one of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's one of the toddler toys for death metal vocals. And, and not just death metal vocals. You could do like shrieky uh, black metal shit too. Yeah. But yeah, dude's got range. And I don't know, like the riff themselves don't necessarily sound like early Psychroptic, but it's. Maybe maybe it's something about the songwriting itself, like how the songs are structured. Mm-hmm. Yep. It feels very, like, early psychoptic. Yep. Well, they... I don't know what it is called, technically, but the starty stoppies. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, starty, starty, stoppy. Starty, stoppy, stoppy. Oh, right. Starty, stoppy. <laughs> A lot of those. But not, like, breakdown. No. Stops. Yeah, no. Yeah. And it's just angular. I know I've said that before. Mm-hmm. That's a better term than starty, stoppy. <laughs> Well, you starty stoppy, then change angle. Right. <laughs> that. But Psychroptic made it uh, more groove, mm-hmm. I guess. Whereas this one was very starty stoppy on a couple songs. Right. It didn't have as much as the groove. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely feels like they're they're pushing more on the techie side yep. of things. Yep. Uh, as opposed to, you know, just punch you in the face death metal. Yep. That uh, early Psychroptic was like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, like, I really like this EP. Um, I like the cover. I, It's it's a weird was, cover for... Uh, I was going to bring that up also, so yeah. I'm glad you did. It's a very weird cover for um, a death metal album. Period. Yeah. Yeah. It actually reminds me of, like, 90s, like... I forget which King Crimson album, but there was a 90s Crimson album uh, that had a very similar feel. It's, it's like business people and I don't know. But it, it was business person was at a transition from like nature, old timey stuff mm-hmm. to desolate tech future. Yeah. is But it was done kind of poorly. Yeah. Yeah, but the intro was neat and musically mm. because it kind of gave it that sci-fi-ish feel that the right half of that album art right. depicted. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, we're on... I don't know why there was the left part of the album art. I don't understand it. I didn't read any of the lyrics, so... Okay, I skimmed through some of the lyrics. It, it does feel like there's like a concept okay. album thing happening here. I don't un- completely understand what's going on, but um, it also, I don't know, something about it reminds me of, like, Naked Lunch and William Burroughs and Interzone. I don't know if you are familiar. No, n- by name. Okay. It's just weird sci-fi shit. Got it. But, yeah, it's, and I guess that, that goes back to another thing I like about Matt Chalk is I think he is a very good storyteller. I don't know any of his stories. Yeah, and he's a good storyteller in the in a um, musician like lyricist gotcha. type of way, where he builds like pretty compelling worlds and like mind farts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but I've not read 
any early psychoptic lyrics ever. Yeah. Ever. And it's what I know as far as words are concerned is the Isle of Disenchantment and Scepter of the Ancients. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have any frame of reference for those outside of riffs and awesome vocals. Yeah. So I tell me more about his songwriting or his lyricism. Well, I mean, the, the biggest, uh, one of my favorite examples was off of the Scepter of the Ancients. Um, I think it's the Valley of uh, Dragon's Breath or whatever. It is literally about like a dude uh, going to a dragon's uh, nest to steal egg to save his child. Holy shit. Yeah. Wait, what does he need the egg to save a child? I, I guess this is some sort of medicinal thing. Oh. Yeah. So it's not just like, I need bacon and eggs, daddy. <laughs> or I'm gonna die. And this guy's like, fuck, I don't want my kid to die. And he's just an idiot. I gotta get the best egg. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get the best egg ever. <laughs> does um, he get it? Or does he get he, burned? He gets burned. With the egg? Yep. So but the, the, there's the, a hard-boiled egg? <laughs> Yeah, the, the dragon cooked his own egg. <laughs> uh, but the cool part is, is, is you know, how uh, they they use the music to kind of emphasize what's going on in the story. Because when he's running away from the uh, um, the the dragon chasing him, uh, quick double bass. Oh, okay. Cool. And then when he drops dead, boom. That's, awesome. That's, you know, you, you get a couple hits on I forgot whatever it is. Whatever it yeah. is. And yeah, and you, the the music really emphasizes whatever the fuck's going on. So did that transition into this EP? Uh, that I haven't had enough time to look over the lyrics. Oh, okay, to, fair. To really know. Gotcha. But uh, but yeah, but that's definitely something uh that impressed me um early on when I was listening to Psychoptic, and I guess I don't know, it was fucking uh, Matt Jock's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'd be curious. Well, how would he do in a more straightforward type of death metal, I wonder? He has, like, a lot of different projects. I should check them out. One of those is going on a list. Yep. And we'll get to it eventually. I don't Uh, know which yet. I'm going to figure it out. There's one about yetis. You can put that on the list. Okay. And then I'll put something (laughs) else on the list. We're just going to chalk it up to great vocals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. In, in the series, we're done with that joke. Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Michael. My shirt. Ooh, it's <laughs> um, sexy time. 